Hello, always a pleasure and never a chore. I have way too many of those on my list to do today already. Welcome to The Sleep Moms. It's lovely to have you with us. I'm Kat Cuby, parenting journalist, broadcaster and procrastinator, and this is Sarah Carpenter, baby and child expert with over 20 years sleep consultancy experience and clearly a total overachiever. I'm overachieving at my caffeine intake today. <laughs> That's standard, not just today. <laughs> I've got the jitters, I don't know why I've gone way overboard today. <laughs> oh dear listeners, oh dear. <laughs> Together we are the Sleep Mums. Today's podcast is about something that is a wee bit controversial. We are going to talk about habits in babies. When it comes to parenting and particularly sleep, people are a little bit crazy with this idea of creating bad habits. As with lots of things we talk about, there is a ton of pressure from society and those around us to do parenting right, which is a total misnomer because it is only what is right for you. This isn't exactly like a myth busting episode as such, which, you know, we love to do. And we know you guys really rate them for their honesty. So if you've not found them yet, we recommend a wee listen. But in this episode, we're going to get to the bottom of habits and whether a baby can really have bad ones. Often we work up to the big question in our podcast, but in this case, I think it's actually really important that we start with it because it is at the centre of it all. So Sarah, can babies have bad habits? In a nutshell, no, they really can. Babies have habits and, you know, they can be just habits. They don't need to be labelled as good and bad. Yeah. They're just habits. Yeah. And it's what works for you. So what one parent could perceive as a bad habit for you could be a good habit. So yeah. it's a habit. Like there's something that's so sort of stern and awful and kind of old school about this idea is that babies are already bad like the mini version of inhaling a salted caramel cheesecake then eating a packet of crisps and watching eight hours straight of friends which I may or may not have done <laughs> but as you say that's not necessarily a bad habit it's all that about just, perception <laughs> yeah that just sounds like a standard Sunday pre-children <laughs> yeah true <laughs> So I guess the first thing that's important to get across is that habits really don't develop in babies before three months. So whatever you're doing in those first three months, you're doing because it is working for you. It might not feel like it is always working for you, but you're doing it because that's what you've decided to do and it's not a habit. Um, if your baby is little and they're demanding a certain method to get to sleep, it's because that's what they need. It's their sleep association and it's what's working for them. And it's obviously what's working for you because you're the one that's introduced it. So it's the thing that you're doing yeah. and that is completely fine. I mean, sometimes you introduce things because you just have no idea. But <laughs> essentially that doesn't that is still a reason that is still a good enough yeah. reason. Absolutely. You know, you, you're only going to do something at that time because it's working for you. Um, and, you know, you might after a few nights, weeks, however long, decide that it's not working for you anymore. And that's totally fine. You know, you change to what then works for you. Um, and the second point is something we talk about a lot in terms of difference. But a baby can't have a bad habit. But there might be something that is happening consistently that isn't working for you and previously has been working for you. And so at that point, you would change it, but not because it's a bad habit, just because you're ready to make the change. Yeah, like as you said in the very beginning, 
just because uh, you know that something might not be bad for someone else even if it is feeling like it's bad yeah. for for you or not working for you and that's totally at the crux of it but i think that's why this idea sort of perpetuates bad habits and bad parenting mm-hmm. but it's different for different people it really is and i think this is one of the things you know we've talked about this in other podcasts and i know it does get some people's backs up but the biggest negativity about sort of parent groups is when everybody sits down and starts to compare notes on what they've been doing yeah. and suddenly people who have been perfectly comfortable with their choices and decisions leave that parenting group in a complete panic because they're not doing the same as the person sitting next to them and that seems to be working for them so they then feel like they should change to do that too when actually it's about your choices and about knowing that it's okay to do what works for you at that time and when you're ready you can make the change. I think it's it's such a stressful part of parenthood I think as well Mm -hmm. because you you do feel like you want to be doing and I I say right in in kind of quotation marks you feel like you want to be doing the right thing but you know we can't reiterate enough there that doesn't exist because it is different for different people Mm -hmm. Um, despite the fact that you know babies can't create any kind of habits really in those first few months that's not to say that you can't set up good foundations for sleep in those early months because obviously we have done podcasts when we talk about that and the idea is not to put pressure on parents it's just that there there are some things that might help you as baby grows yeah definitely so by no means are we saying that you have to do it and we're sort of giving you healthy options to make things easier if you're ready to make them easier but equally you know, it is, it's about what you're ready for and the right time for you. Um, And everything that you're doing, you can work with. So you don't need to change absolutely everything. You know, you will have the foundations there that you can work with. And you'll be very aware very quickly that actually the things that you've chosen and the sort of techniques that you've chosen will develop the way that you want them to. So that also gets away from that idea of anything being bad because mm-hmm. it's just it's just a thing and as you say you it's something that you can work with if you want to change or you can leave if you don't yeah like your babies are developing at a rate of knots but so are your parenting skills and techniques and yeah choices so you know as much as they're changing you're changing too as the months go on so let's talk about what is a habit let's not give it any kind of adjective good or bad what is a habit and can babies have them at all? So this is when I get to bring it back to my favourite word, consistency. <laughs> I love how you sing it, like Mary Poppins. <laughs> I know, I still can't just say it. <laughs> the Norlin nanny in me. So a key element for babies, and this is like for a bunch of different reasons, but you do something consistently and it becomes a habit. And that consistency can either work for you and for baby or it doesn't. And depending on what your goal is, will depend on the outcome. So, you know, again, you might do something consistently for a few days because that's what you need at that time, but then you might change that very, very quickly because actually baby's needs have changed or your needs have changed. And, you know, that that's a game where we talk about the sort of flexibility within consistency. So you're not, once you've started something, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're stuck doing it for a long period of time. So, yeah, I think that is a big part of it. I mean, Obviously, babies need to change. They go through milestones. Obviously, we've talked about that a lot in terms of leaps, regressions, and whether they exist. Yeah. But th- these kind of these kind of good foundations, I guess, or hooks, which are 
like I'm really reluctant to call them habits because that, that it doesn't almost have to be as strict as that. But the certain the certain things that you can do in terms of like, you know, um, having a start time and an end time to your day, which sort of become a habit. Those are kind of a, a, like, again, I don't want to give an adjective to them, but they are they are things that can create, you know, a good foundation rather than a good habit but that you know that that does of course that changes you know that of course the time that you wake up and the time that you go to bed changes as baby grows does that make sense (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah definitely and the thing is that you know we as adults we have start times and end times to our day they're flexible and they change but we don't call ourselves we don't label ourselves with a well you've got a good habit because you wake up at seven o'clock and I've got a bad habit because I wake up but you know if you're sleeping till eleven. Well, no, I'm just going to be super jealous. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I get, I, you know, I think you, sort of, it's so easy for people to put labels on things that are happening with babies. But actually, when you think about your own life, you're doing these things and you're not putting a label on it. So why do we? Yeah. And language really matters. You know, we know that it matters in terms of how we talk to our babies and our kids. And it matters on mm-hmm. how we talk to ourselves and how society talks about parenthood but I feel like I'm now tangenting on a very different kind of a podcast (laughs) so now I think we've established some ideas around habits at what point does something become a habit or do they not exist I mean I think rather than talking about at what point it becomes a habit I think maybe it's easier to address things that people might say are a habit so yeah okay you know Post six months, I would say if a baby was waking up between, say, for example, five to eight times a night to have their dummy replaced, yeah, that is a habit. You know, they're waking up just to get that yeah. dummy put back in. They're not waking up because they need anything as such. They haven't worked out how to put their own dummy in, so they are waking up to get yeah. that dummy back in because they've fallen asleep with that dummy. So it then becomes a habit that they wake up to have it replaced. Yeah. So you know they're the kind of things or a baby who's maybe had an extended dream feed once you've removed that dream feed there might be a period of time where they still wake up at that time because you've created that wake up in their natural body clock and so that then is a frequent thing that they yeah. might do while their body is transitioning out of that wake up okay it's almost like a piece of string you know without yeah. going into the realms of, of cliches because clearly um that something can c- become mm-hmm. uh habitual sort of at any point but I suppose you know we we talk about the sleep mom's golden rule in terms of three to five days uh in terms of changing things that aren't working for you but that's also kind of the timeline for things slipping in that are maybe not working for you absolutely yeah I mean if you've been trying something for three to five days and it really isn't working that's when you would then be looking at trying something else yeah but again you know never ever just try something for one day because you're not going to know if it's going to work at all in one day you do have to persevere with these things and so that goes for anything you know something that you you've been doing that you want to change then you're going to be looking at the kind of three to five day rule to change it and equally something that you want to start yes you're looking at the three to five day rule to start it something that I think is also maybe might be a feel a bit vague for for some parents is this idea of something that's not working 
like because I think that can be quite hard to know um because you have to go through that process of of trying something and you can go through like tough days and quite often actually when you are making a change Mm -hmm. it gets harder before it gets easier so how do you know if it's not working for you which I know again might be a bit like at what point does it become a habit but how do you know if it's not working for you and how do you go about changing it which I suppose we've sort of touched on with Mm -hmm. with three to five day but um yeah so I think the point when you know it's not working for you if you sort of stop thinking about it from the baby's point of view and start thinking about it from your point of view the point when it's not working for you is when actually you're getting stressed just thinking about mm-hmm. going through whatever it is that you're going through um you know if you're dreading that point in your day then you know it's not really working for you anymore and it might previously yeah. have done but actually it's become a stress in your day that you don't want to have so that's the point or if you just decide you know say it's something like you've been quite happy for a baby to nap on you and then you decide that actually do you want a bit of space and you want baby to nap in the cot then that's fine you know you've decided that you're not ready to do that anymore and it's okay to change it with any of these changes you know you can either there's sort of lots of different ways of looking at it. Some changes are going to happen naturally when babies hit a new age. Um, so it'll be a different stage of development and those changes are going to kind of come into place. And I would always say, you know, if you're do- if you're changing something big like an entire routine or implementing a new routine, then you really are going to be given it two or three weeks to make the change really happen and make everything fall into place. But like you've just said, you know, with any of these changes there's going to be a period of time during the change where things can definitely get worse before they get better and I think that is something that's so important for people to remember because it's at that point that you're more likely to just think oh this isn't working I want to go back and actually what the reason that you started to implement the change was because it wasn't working I think this idea of not working for you is a really hard thing to get your head around as a parent too because you naturally want to be putting your your child's needs first and and I think that that can be difficult too because sometimes the hard route ends up in a in a better solution for you and baby but in that period of time in the middle it can feel like it's not it's not good for them or for you and I think that can be really hard to get your head around definitely I think you know I always sort of try and talk to parents about their kind where they're at you know and really work out where their headspace is at and what they're comfortable with but there is an element of obviously if you are making a change then you do have to go with the baby as well so it's a combination of everybody being in the right place and everybody's needs being met I think this pulls in a lot of different things we've spoken about and I guess the reason I wanted to address it particularly is because I hear this thing about bad habits a lot and it kind of bothers me a wee bit because um, I just I just think it's really unhelpful to to talk about it in that way for anyone yeah definitely I mean none of us want to hear that we've got a bad habit or you know have it highlighted and there is it comes back to the parent guilt as well doesn't it you know if somebody's telling you well that's a really bad habit and you shouldn't have started it immediately as a parent you're just going to feel horrific that you've done that why would anyone tell a parent that anyway (laughs) why would they they do do that that? (laughs) 
I know, but it happens all the time. And it is just remembering that you've been in that zone. I mean, I think this is something that we talk to our um, sleep club about a lot as well. You know, it's that you have done these things and you've made these decisions because it was working for you at the time. And that is fine. You are allowed to make the decisions that work for you. Yeah, never beat yourself up about it. Because I, mm-hmm. I honestly like, and I say that from personal experience, I've spent way, way too much time beating myself up about things that either mm-hmm. I couldn't have changed or actually, probably if I was in the same situation again, wouldn't have changed because it's just what yeah. happened. That's the thing. Like, I know, having been with you for both your children, like, I know that there was things that you did again with Roar <laughs> that at the time with Andy, you were like, I'm not going to do this again. I was like, you will. <laughs> and I was the same. You know, I've got three and there was definitely things that I did that I'm sure when I had Harry I was like oh I'm not going to do this second time round of course I did it second time round because it's what worked for me at the time and finally there are some habits or things that you might do consistently given that we're talking about language that once baby is out of newborn stage can get a bit tricky like we've mentioned a couple I think earlier but for example I may have told you guys about how kind of randomly <laughs> my daughter would fall asleep in the sling if I ran up and down the stairs the number of times I had to do it increased from that first time that she'd done it and as she got bigger and approached sort of five or six months my back was breaking from this energetic sleep habit we had got into I definitely wouldn't recommend it by the way that seems pretty obvious to say now and as we've just been saying you know at the time it was sort of working for me but there becomes a point where things stop working and so maybe this is a bit unfair because we have kind of said you know nothing can't be changed if it's not working for you but are there any habits that you should try and not get into or does that go against everything that we've said I mean again obviously you can think ahead and think okay if I've chosen to like one of the really, really common things is that parents will hold their babies and they'll bounce and kind of do squats. Uh-huh. And then if you imagine having like a, like you've just said, you know, a bigger baby. So if, you, if you're if you doing that when they're tiny, that's fine. You know, you've probably got the energy in your legs to do that. And that's all good. Well, that's the newborn squat. Uh-huh. You kind of have to yeah, do that in those exactly. early days. That's like a kind of the thing. But think ahead to when that baby's nine months old you're not going to want to be squatting unless you're really determined to have amazing legs. Yeah. Then you're not going to want you know, to squat. you know, go for it. Baby. So it's just, it is thinking ahead a little bit. But again, you know, we are talking about doing certain things, certain ways in those first three months and then changing them. So you can do whatever you want in the first three months. You really can. And everything can be changed. You can actually do whatever you want at any point because it can always be changed. There's never, you know, I cannot tell you how many people get in touch with me in the first sentence is, I think I've let my baby get told to make any changes. No, you've never, ever done that. Anything can be changed at any point when you are ready. Yeah. It's such an important part. I just want to make a wee disclaimer, by the way, because this is also about language. But all of this chat has nothing to do with spoiling or not spoiling your baby or being attentive to your baby's needs. Because I think for for some sort of weird reason, this the, the language or this idea of habits and spoiling your baby has kind of got confused. Um, and, and, and that sort of that bad habits thing. And then, you know, I, I just hate all that kind of chat about it. <laughs> 
Definitely. Again, it's another, yeah, but it's another one that you hear so often. It's like, oh, you're, you know, you're spoiling that baby, you're cuddling it to sleep. No, you're not. You're not spoiling your baby cuddling it to sleep. You're having a nice cuddle and you're making the most of the days yeah. when they can. I mean, I would love Harry now to want to be cuddled as much as he did when he was a newborn. Yeah. So make the most of and it. And equally, if that is, if that stops working for you because you're exhausted and you need a bit of time, mm-hmm that you're not, it is not going to have a negative impact of not spoiling your baby or not attending to your baby's needs if you don't want to do that anymore. Exactly, definitely. I feel like this episode's really got a child. Like I'm more animated than I've ever been in any other one. I'm like watching my hand flying across the screen. I'm like, wow. It's true, you're going to knock the mic over. But I think... I think it is these words count and and the, these things that we say to new parents really, really matter because we are fragile in those early early stages and we don't always know what we're doing. And these things like you're creating bad habits or you're spoiling your baby really hurt, I guess, mm-hmm. because then you doubt yourself. Yeah. And, it, you know, one comment from one person can send a new parent into an absolute spiral for weeks. And it's just so unnecessary. It's like if people just think before they speak, it could change things so much for parents. Yeah, this has gone from a kind of informative podcast to a campaigning one. <laughs> That's us. <laughs> Every week we do a listener question that largely relates to what we're talking about in the podcast. It's really important for Sarah and I that we we hear from you guys because we make the podcast for you, but also that we use what we're talking about and put it to work in a real life setting because that is what's going to be most useful for you so of course if you guys ever have a listener question that you want to send us you can do that online at the sleep mums on instagram and facebook and you can just send us a wee dm and you can also get in touch on our website too so this week we have a question from micah hello um, I hope you don't mind me messaging you. Um, I started listening to your podcast. I've got a 12-week-old baby and, yeah, it's been quite difficult in the last week or so. I kind of I swatched, um, swapped her over to bottles because I just felt like I didn't have enough milk and, yeah, the breastfeeding was not the easiest ride, but... Um, yeah, she's just been really, really fussy this week. Like, she is quite fussy with the bottle, but I guess she's trying to get used to the bottle and just probably, I don't know, misses the boob. Um, but I've listened to your golden rule and um, started a bit of a routine. But I do get really nervous now trying to do something else out of the routine. Like, obviously, I do have to pop out at some point, but I don't know when's best to pop out because I don't want to ruin the schedule and make sure she's got like four naps a day or maybe at least three. But when would you say it's best for me to pop out just after she had a nap and then go out? Like, for example, for a walk. I'm a bit struggling with that, when to kind of do pop out to do something, if that makes sense. To be honest, like I'm a first-time mum, I had no idea she's meant to sleep, like, or she's meant to have four naps a day. Like, no one tells you. And... She was probably like crying and crying the other day because she was just exhausted and tired. And I was just like, I don't know what you want. Not even thinking about the fact that she might just want to sleep. Can I just say I love her? I really want to befriend her. I love her voice. I don't know. I just think she sounds brilliant. 
Totally love it. Our enthusiasm's fantastic. You've got quite a lot going on there. So you've obviously um, stopped breastfeeding and changed onto bottles. So that's kind of the first big change. That's sort of what we were talking about earlier on when you're changing an entire routine. That's essentially what you're doing by um, stopping breastfeeding and starting bottles. So, And obviously this isn't... Like we've put it in habits, even though technically these things are not habits, but that's kind of what we wanted to bring it yeah. back to because it is because habits are just things that have been become things that you do regularly, yeah. if you like. And so she has been breastfeeding, she's moved on to bottles, and so that's a change. And then she's also wondering about how it looks in terms of her routine and what she can do. Those are also mm-hmm. changes. Exactly, exactly. So there's never necessarily a good time to start a routine or a bad time to start a routine again we're coming back to the good and the bad like you start it when you're ready so the fact that you've obviously stopped feeding changed onto bottles and are looking at routines you know you've identified that you're ready to make these changes so I think the first thing to say is you know Yes, she is probably going to be a little bit fussy on the bottle initially. That is a big change. So as we talked about previously, you know, give it time or, you know, persevere with that. Take take things easy. Change the position that you're using to feed her. Um, You can even change the environment as well. You know, think about where you're feeding her. If the room that you're in is super busy or light, you might want to find somewhere a little bit quieter um, and a wee bit dimmer lit or dark. Um think about sort of background noises a lot of people find that when they are first transitioning actually using some gentle music in the background can just really help relax baby um, and they'll gently sort of move forward and taking the bottles a little bit easier I mean, it depends what you're going to be watching on Netflix. <laughs> if you're going for something with like a big war zone in it with lots of gunshots going off, I'd maybe pass. But, you know, something nice and calm and quiet. <laughs> So that's kind of the first thing. So, you know, you're ready to stop feeding. You're ready to move on to bottles. You're doing the right thing for you. And that's fantastic. The second thing is obviously, like you said, you know, fitting things into your day. You want to go out for walks. You're putting this gentle structure in place. And that's great. So as we talk about a lot, you know, the first point of putting that gentle structure in place is having a start time and an end time to your day. Then everything else will fit into that. So, Again, I get to come back to what I love best, and that's the flexibility with inconsistency. So you've got your kind of structure, you've got your basics, you know what your baby needs in a day, you know what you need in a day. You obviously know baby's needs are feeding, sleeping, nappy changing, a little bit of entertainment. Your needs, you need to get out. You know, we're never going to tell anybody transition into a routine that they have to be stuck in the house. Like, that's just ridiculous. We couldn't do it. We would never ask anyone else to do it. So you you can be flexible within your routine as to when you decide to go out. If she's had a good nap in the house, she's going to be alert and awake. She's You've met her needs. You can take her out for a walk. If she does start to drop off in the pram, just give her a wee nudge, a wee sugar. Just get her to wake up again. Don't let her sleep for more than kind of five, ten minutes if she's dropped off again. So just annoy her a little bit. Um, and likewise, if you decide that you want to go out and have a coffee and sit down and have a coffee or sit down and have some lunch, then time that walk over her nap. And you can recreate the nap in the pram. So, you know, take your white noise if you're using it or your shush. Um, you know, have some, bring your cover down on the pram so that it's a little bit dark so that she is still going to get a good sleep. So it's just, you know, there's lots of times in your day that you can go out. Try not to make it the same time every day so that you are still getting that routine in place some days in one way and then you're getting the same routine in place on other days in other ways. So you're sticking to it, you're just changing it. Habits and routine 
are kind of the same thing too, in some ways, because they are just these hooks that you hang your day on. Yeah, that's it. You know, and again, what we talk about a lot, and I, again, this isn't like necessarily relevant to this episode, but like you're saying, you know, the hooks that you hang your day on, it's, you know, if you do something every day for however long, and then one day that same something just goes out the window and just doesn't work, it hasn't ruined your whole day. You know, you can't, you've got your next hook to hang on to and move forward with. So don't stress when it goes wrong. And you can make those elements of consistency work for you, which is why mm-hmm. it's your favourite word. Absolutely. I do. And you, you, can, you can prescribe what that looks like. You know, of course, you, are, you need to fulfil your baby's needs, but you also need to fulfil your own to be able to fulfil your baby's needs. Definitely. And, you know, as well, it's not necessarily just your needs. It's things like there's going to be days when baby classes are going to be at awkward times and things like that. And it's having that confidence to know that you can go and do that class and then get things back on track the next day. I think it can be quite overwhelming, though, particularly if you are at the start point of looking at a routine where you go, "Ah, I don't know. I don't know how to juggle those things. And I know it's something that sort of comes naturally to you. But going, oh, we'll have a little bit of a longer sleep here or add in a nap later even if they wouldn't normally just to to allow yourself to be able to do those things yeah and I think as well again it's super important to reiterate the fact that you know when you are starting a routine you don't need to do it all in a one hour so like start by picking your start time your end time and then start about thinking about where your feeds are going to come into that think about where your naps are going to come in so if you're faced with like I don't know if you've got one of our routines or if you've used someone else's routine if you're looking at that routine you do not need to wake up on that morning and think okay I'm going to follow this like clockwork Ah, yeah yeah. you can take two weeks to introduce everything that's in that routine or you can do it in a one or it's entirely up to you and where you're at literal baby steps Mm -hmm. exactly thank you so much to Micah I hope that helped and thank you for your question I I'm I'm just going to listen to it over again because I love your voice Um, And you guys, please get in touch with us if you do have a listener question you want us to answer on the podcast or if there's a topic that you would like us to discuss or a person you would like us to interview for the Sleep Mums A to Z's, which is our other series where we chat to people about the ABCs and the WTFs of parenthood. (laughs) So that's five things about whether babies can have bad habits. I know we answered the big question right at the start. So for the record. No, they can't. But this idea of habits is so much more complex than that. I know folk often get tied up in the meaning of words. We've spoken about that loads throughout this episode. But consistency and habit or routine are all kind of the same thing. But we know words matter. When you make any change to you or your baby's routine, or dare I say it, habits, there will be a period of adjustment for you and for them. That's the thing with habits or doing something consistently. They can kind of sneak up on you. And before you know it, you're scrolling for an hour before bed every single night. Mm-hmm. That period of adjustment can make you feel that whatever you're doing before was actually better because now you have a grumpier, more unsettled baby. But be patient if you are making any changes. As a parent, you will likely know if you need to. And don't be afraid to trust yourself. That's what we want to give you the confidence to do. Crazily, we are coming up to having made nearly 40 episodes of The Sleep Mums. Woohoo! <laughs> Can't actually believe it. 
It's amazing. We just wanted to do six to start with. So thank you so much for sticking with us. And thank you for your ongoing support. And I hope, as ever, that this helped. They are all made out of love and support for you. Because basically, we know what you're going through. It really helps us to carry on making them for you if you subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review and tell your pals about us. And of course, as I said, if there's anything you want us to cover, just get in touch on social media at The Sleep Mums on Facebook and Instagram. Look after yourselves and sleep soon.